Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. What's going on, everybody? This is Patrick Arias here. Just wanted to let you know that I quickly recorded this episode as fast as I can before the Dodger game started. As you know, I'm a huge fan. So, if I was talking a little fast, I apologize in advance. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide tonight as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday, and this weekend is no different. Just now, I said we. I said we twice, but tonight, there is no we. It is just I. Flores is out. Champagne Chauncey is out. Andres is out. Andres, actually, the Cavalier King, is on his way to the Dodger game, hopefully going to root on the Dodgers for a game one victory. So good luck tonight to the Los Angeles Dodgers. All my fellow Angelinos, all the millions and millions of Dodger fans rooting for the Blue Crew to bring home the W tonight and ultimately win the series um, to advance to the NLCS. More about the Dodgers-Padres series coming up later on in the show. So this is the 165th episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. And again, I couldn't be more excited to be here tonight. Even if I have nobody with me, I am still excited. I am still pumped to bring you another jam-packed episode. So as always, we like to start off every show with a hero or a headline extremely close and extremely dear to our hearts. And it doesn't get any more close or any more dear to my heart than my Dallas Cowboys. Now, I know that um, a lot of people out there hate the Dallas Cowboys, but I also know a lot of people out there love the Dallas Cowboys, and I am one of them. But I am not your typical Dallas Cowboy fan that people hate because I will not go around telling everybody that this is our year. Even right now, Cowboys off to a very hot start. They're off to a 4-1 start. I am still not convinced that this is our year. As a matter of fact, I will never be convinced that it's our year until we are actually holding up the Lombardi Trophy come February. So with that being said, I still want to celebrate the small victories along the way, because who knows how this season will end up. It might be our year, and I want to take advantage of acknowledging our accomplishments right now. So with that being said, Cooper Rush is my first hero of the evening. Four TDs and 800-plus yards from scrimmage ever since replacing the injured Dak Prescott. Now, the interesting thing about this is that he's undefeated, right? So Dak Prescott is going to become healthy and available soon. The question is, everybody knows it. Everybody's been hearing it. Do you replace Cooper Rush, who's been on fire, when Dak Prescott is healthy? That's actually a great survey that I can post online to our Instagram account. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Listeners, what would you do? 
So congratulations, Cooper Rush. You are my first hero of the night. Second hero of the night is actually a bunch of individuals. It's the Dallas defense. Um, 18 sacks, four interceptions, two fumble recoveries, one of them being for a touchdown um, this past Sunday here in Los Angeles against the Rams. So um, you have to ask yourself, you know, is this sustainable? And you also have to ask yourself, what's going to happen in the playoffs? Because if you remember correctly, last year, Dallas had a blazing defense and um, it didn't matter once they played the 49ers in the playoffs. So just a couple more reasons as to why I will never say that we're ready to win a Super Bowl until we actually win. So congratulations, Dallas defense. And um, first prize, Flores could not be with us this evening, but I did promise to make him my last hero of the evening. Um, he won his third bold prediction in, I think it's three in a row now for Flores. So if you're new to the show, every week we have bold predictions and each bold prediction is worth seven points. The first to 21 collects beer from the losers. So this past weekend, Flores predicted that the Dallas Cowboys would beat the Los Angeles Rams by five points or more. They actually won by 12 points. So that wrapped up his last leg of his bull prediction. So Andres owes him a six-pack of beer. Champagne Chauncey owes him at least a six-pack of beer. He might owe him more than that, but um, I'm going to leave it to Flores and Champagne Chauncey to settle that. And um, myself, I owe Flores three six-packs of beer. I know what you're thinking. Why haven't you paid your bet to Flores, Patrick? And I got to tell you guys, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. Um, it's just, it's inexcusable. It's been a while. And I promise Flores, I will drive to your house soon and pay off my debts. I don't know how else to say it other than I'm truly sorry. So those are my heroes and headlines for this week's show. Now, moving along to the actual entertainment for the weekend. And as mentioned, the weekend starts on Wednesday and we are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday. So Wednesday, baseball. I mean, we are in the thick of Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, this is technically the second round. It's the division series, um, the wild card series. If you were not, I mean, I understand this. I understand this. I know that Football takes precedence over everything during these months, especially, you know, right now when everybody's team is still alive. You know, if you're an NFL team, you holding on to the hope that your team is going to make a playoff run. If you're a college team, you're holding on to the hope that your college team is going to get a bowl. So everybody right now is paying very close attention to football and, and rightfully so. But this past Friday, the wild card series took place. It took place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And um, I got to tell you guys, it was some great baseball to to watch. I mean, my favorite part about playoff baseball is looking into the dugouts and seeing the coaches, you know, seeing the players, seeing the pitchers on their days off. You know, they're wearing their their puffy jackets with with the sports logos on them, you know, with their team logos on them. And it's just like fall baseball is just a whole nother vibe. It's a whole nother level. And just seeing these managers in the dugouts wearing their, you know, their 
their winter gear, I guess. I mean, because the temperature drops a little bit. So it's it's awesome. And that's what was going on. And congratulations to the Seattle Mariners. Um, they advanced to the second round. They actually had a game today and they lost. Um, they lost to the Mar to the Astros and they had a lead the entire game. And the bullpen came in towards the end of the game and gave up a few runs here and there. And uh, eventually the Astros took game one from the Mariners. But sending another congratulations to the Philadelphia Phillies who went into St. Louis and myself being a Dodger fan, I'm actually happy that the Phillies took care of St. Louis because any true Dodger fan out there knows it's best to not face the Cardinals in October. So congratulations to the Phillies for winning their wild card round. And today they took game one in Atlanta against the defending World Series champion Braves. So much, much kudos going to, to the Phillies. And that game tomorrow is at 125 Pacific time in the afternoon. So tomorrow's game is going to be Zach Wheeler going up against Kyle Wright. Now, I don't know much about Kyle Wright, but what I do know is that Zach Wheeler is a solid pitcher and he's been around, he's been around the Mets. He's been around the Phillies. And he's been around some high leverage organizations that require him to either put up or shut up. So it's nice to see that Zach Wheeler is the second option right now in Philadelphia if you're a Phillies fan because he's a solid one to go to. So my prediction for the series, considering the pitching staff looks good, I mean, like I said, the Phillies took game one. Tomorrow they have Wheeler going. And then in game three, they have Aaron Nola going. And I just don't see the Braves coming through and beating these two pitchers. I think that out of these two pitchers, Wheeler is the one that could be got, but I feel like Nola is going to go strong and finish off the Braves. I'm predicting a sweep of the Braves where the Phillies advance to the NLCS. I could be wrong, but then again, that's why they play the game. And then tomorrow night is the nightcap between the Dodgers and the Padres. This is game two. So game two is going to happen tomorrow between you Darvish and Clayton Kershaw. Two names that Dodger fans and Padres fans know extremely well. And how much do the Dodgers want to get back at you Darvish for that World Series meltdown five years ago? I know people say Dodgers fans need to forget about what happened in the past. But he kind of blew it for us. I know the Astros were cheating. I know they were recording our signs and sending signals to the dugout and all that. But at the same time, his name is associated to a World Series collapse. So you Darvish, I hope that you come in and you are the you Darvish that we remember. Clayton Kershaw, we hope that you are the Clayton Kershaw of regular season. I would be very heartbroken to see you collapse like the world is anticipating for you to do. I believe in you, Clayton. I know this might be your last year with us. So 
I'm hoping that you pull it off um, regardless of what happens Wednesday night. My prediction is the Dodgers win the series. I don't think they're going to sweep. I think the Dodgers win in four. They're definitely going to lose one game. I just don't know which one. Prove me wrong, though, Dodgers. Prove me wrong and sweep the Padres. I'm not I, – I'm not – I don't hate the Padres because – I only hate teams when they actually beat us out of the playoffs. So, you know, being a 35-year-old Dodger fan, I hate the Phillies from, I think, 2007, 2008, 2009. I hate the Phillies, hate the Braves. I hate the um, St. Louis Cardinals, and I really don't hate the Padres yet. If you guys beat us, that's a whole other rivalry that I will have developed within my own mind. So moving along to Thursday. Now, Thursday, there's a game that starts really early here in California, here in Los Angeles. It's at 1237. It's game two of the Mariners versus the Astros. And thank goodness, if you're Seattle, thank goodness that this game is on Thursday because they need a day off after what happened today. As I mentioned earlier, um, the Mariners were leading the entire game. They were controlling the Astros. They got to Verlander early. Um, Verlander got lit up by the Mariners, and I'm talking about Justin Verlander. Um, everybody knows that he is a household, you know, horse that comes out of your out of your pitching staff, and everybody knows that he's the guy that you want to lead off your your series. And he's supposed to be untouchable in the playoffs, and he just got lit up today by the Mariners. And I was watching the game, and I was like, "This is great." This is exactly what you want if you're the Mariners. I mean, come in. You got to steal one of these games. This is the game to steal. You got Luis Castillo pitching game two on Thursday, and he was dominant. I mean, dominant is an understatement. Luis Castillo just lit up the Blue Jays, like shut them down, and they have a great lineup top to bottom, and he came in looking like a stud. So, here you are if you're the Mariners and you have this lead against Houston and you're already like basically chalking this one up because I think at one point it was seven to one and you're chalking it up and you're just like, this is fucking fantastic. And then the bullpen slowly gives up a hit, gives up another hit, gives up a home run, more hits, yada, yada, yada. You know the story. Jordan Alvarez comes in, bottom of the ninth, Astros down two, he has two men on base, and then hits a three-run shot to end the game, and you're, you're, the sails, in, the wind in your sails just completely gone if you're the Mariners. So thank goodness they have the day off tomorrow. So that game two is on Thursday. Luis Castillo going for the Mariners, Framber Valdez going for the Astros. My prediction, well, I think the series goes five games, but I think the Astros win just because they needed to have this game today. Um, so let's see what happens with that one, Seattle. Moving along to Thursday night's game, 4.37 p.m., the Cleveland Guardians versus the New York Yankees. Now, game one is actually happening right now as I record this show. However, I also think this series goes five games. I mean, 
you have Garrett Cole for the Yankees, who is a phenomenal pitcher, right? And then you have Shane Beaver for the Guardians, who is a phenomenal pitcher. And then in between, you have some pitchers for Cleveland that can be untouchable. And then you have some pitchers for New York that can be untouchable. And you just don't know which one is going to show up. But then again, you also have the big bats for the Yankees. And then you have the gritty, grinded out bats for the Cleveland Guardians. And it's just impossible to call this game. But I'm giving it to the Yankees only because they have a better lineup top to bottom and they have a better bullpen, in my opinion. This is all my opinion, obviously. And the Yankees have been more consistent over the entire year. I know they had that big slump. And as they actually had that slump, that's when the Cleveland Guardians picked up steam. So does Cleveland run it out to the finish line? Or do the Yankees hot bats stop them? And let's be real. I'm going to address, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. The only reason why I'm picking the Yankees is because they have Aaron Judge and they have Anthony Rizzo, they have Donaldson, they have Harrison Bader who came over from the Cardinals. So you have these players that have just been around, you know, good, high baseball IQ pedigrees. And I just feel like with their experience over the course of a series, they're going to go ahead and advance. So that's Thursday's entertainment. Moving along to Friday, I really don't have much else to say about Friday other than it's going to be more baseball. So looking ahead in the Dodgers, um, I'm sorry, looking ahead in the Braves Philly series, you have Aaron Nola, like I said, going game three, and then you have Blake Snell for the Padres going game three. As a Dodger fan, I am not at all worried about Blake Snell. Um, I know that he shut us down back in 2020 with the Rays and he got pulled and that's the whole reason why the Dodgers came back and clinched that night. But he doesn't bother me at all. Um, the Padres don't bother me at all. They do not worry me. The Dodgers beat up on them all season long. This Braves-Phillies, though, this is going to be a really good game because you're potentially looking at an elimination game if you're the Atlanta Braves. Who knows if it, if my prediction comes true? I, I, I doubt the Phillies sweep the Braves. It's going to be hard to do, but I'm just throwing it out there because, you know, it's better to throw it out there and, and be right. And you can say, hey, I told you so. Or you could be wrong and you could be like, well, yeah, I mean, that was impossible to do. So that's going to be my Friday night. More baseball. I hope you guys enjoy. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Moving along to Saturday. These are the games that Andres the Cavalier King... These are the games that he likes to talk about. He loves his college football. And Saturday, 9 a.m., we have a, a matchup of two undefeated Big Ten teams. Number 10, Penn State, Nittany Lions, 
are going into the big house. They're going to go into Michigan, take on the Michigan Wolverines. The Michigan Wolverines, they look good. They look good. And, it, you know, it's fun to talk shit about Jim Harbaugh. It's fun to say things about him and that he can't coach and whatnot and this and that. And, you know, but deep down, deep down inside, he actually has successful programs. No, he's never won a national title at Michigan. And no, he couldn't get it done with the San Francisco 49ers. But at the end of the day, in the middle of October, conference matchup between the Penn State Nittany Lions and his power powerhouse program, I'm taking the Michigan Wolverines to win at home. They have an electric offense, and I think that they're going to have an easy time beating Penn State at home Saturday morning. Now, noon. Noon is when things get a little interesting. Um, the whole premise of college football, right? The one thing everybody always talks about, who's going to beat Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide? All these experts break down the schedule, and they look, and they look, and they look, and they circle games, and they say, this is the game that they're going to lose. This is the game. That game for Alabama two weeks ago was supposed to be in Arkansas, right? The, the Razorbacks were supposed to beat Alabama. That shit didn't happen. Alabama easily beat Arkansas. Now, this game looks a little more serious, right? You're talking about the Tennessee Volunteers hosting the Crimson Tide. Both teams are undefeated. Tennessee has beaten Florida. They've beaten Pittsburgh. They've beaten LSU. Alabama really has only beaten Texas A&M and Arkansas. So everybody thinks that this is the game. If anybody's going to beat Alabama early in the season, this is the game. The spread is seven and a half. So Vegas thinks it's going to be a little close. Personally, I think Alabama wins. I don't think that Alabama loses, but I feel like Tennessee might cover the spread. A lot of, you know, the last game that Alabama had against Texas A&M, they only won by four points. Last week, Tennessee looked extremely dominant. So you have one team, Alabama, who's like backing into this game. And then you have Tennessee, who's like sprinting into this game. So I think Tennessee comes out with a bang. I think Tennessee keeps the game close. But ultimately, I think Alabama pulls off the upset in Knoxville, 1230 this Saturday. And then the nightcap. Saturday night, the nightcap is USC, seventh-ranked Trojans, going into Utah, playing the 20th-ranked Utah Utes. USC 6-0, Utah 4-2. Now, you might want to ask yourself, who has Utah lost to? They're supposed to be a good team, right? Everybody, remember, everybody remembers them from last year playing in the Rose Bowl, you know, Utah's for real, like put some respect on Utah's name. I have. I haven't forgotten about Utah. They, they lost the first game of the season. They went to Florida. They played against the Gators in the swamp, kept it close, lost the game. And then they came this past weekend to Pasadena. They played the Bruins. They got kind of smacked. So Utah is just sitting at home waiting for USC to come in. And if you're a Trojan fan, you're a little nervous for this game. 
I don't give a damn how much you love the Trojans. Any real Trojan fan is not overlooking this game. My prediction, I got Utah winning the nightcap and upsetting, and not upsetting because Utah is actually favored, but I got Utah winning the game, making the USC fan base cry Saturday night. So those are the three games for Saturday's college football. 9 a.m., Penn State, Michigan. 12.30 p.m., Alabama, Tennessee. 5 p.m., USC versus Utah. Don't tell me that these aren't some great games. Don't tell me that there's anything else that you'd rather watch in college football because these are the cream of the crop for their conferences. And I, I love it. I mean, that's what Saturdays are for, right? Saturdays are for college football. Moving along to the big boys, NFL. Everybody playing on Saturday wants a shot to play on Sunday. That's what they live their whole lives for. And the games start here in California. How lovely. We wake up and we have a 10 a.m. game. We can get a workout in. You can go to the store. Maybe you can go on a little hike. Get back to the house by 10 a.m. You're watching the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New York Giants. The fucking New York Giants, four in one. They just beat Aaron Rodgers and his Green Bay Packers in England. That was a good game. It went down to the last play. I mean, the New York Giants right now, they're for real. And beating Baltimore at home this Sunday would only solidify that. However, Baltimore won a thriller. I think it was two nights ago, Sunday Night Football, Baltimore hosted the Bengals and Justin Tucker, Legatron, with the game on the line, splits it right through the uprights. Now, I saw a statistic today on NFL Network that said he was less than six inches off the exact center of the field goal. So if the field goal was only seven or eight inches wide, he still would have made the damn thing. So that actually is a huge advantage for Baltimore to have a kicker like that because you could essentially put up points from anywhere on the field. My prediction, Baltimore storms into the New York Giants um, stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and they get the W. I love Lamar Jackson. I'm rooting for Lamar Jackson. I love that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. I love that he bet on himself. I know that the Giants have one of the, the, the best defensive lines in the entire league, but that's not going to affect Lamar Jackson at all. He's fast, he's quick, and he's smart. Give me Baltimore. Now, I know that it's a over-under of 45, and that one is tough. I'm taking the under because I think it's going to be a lot of running, and I think it's going to be a slow-scoring game. Ravens on the road are favorites, minus five. I'm with Vegas on that one. 1.25 p.m. Now, this game is a rematch of the AFC Championship. The Buffalo Bills heading into Arrowhead, taking on the Chiefs. The Bills are 4-1, their only loss coming to Miami. The Chiefs are 4-1, their only loss coming to the Colts. So, what's going to happen here? Well, if you saw last night, Monday Night Football, you would have seen the Raiders almost come into Kansas City. They marched in their arrowhead, and they were winning 
pretty much the entire game. And then in late in the third quarter, the Chiefs just came back and they took the lead and they didn't give it up. The Raiders had a chance to take the lead. They scored a touchdown with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. They went for two. They didn't get it. But considering the Raiders had a chance to beat the Chiefs on Monday night, the Bills, a well-oiled machine, I got the Bills marching into Arrowhead, taking the W, getting a little bit of revenge from what happened in last year's AFC Championship because I can't call it complete revenge until they come back and beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. So the last game of the day, 5.20 p.m., my Dallas Cowboys heading into Philadelphia, taking on the Eagles. And right now the Eagles are 5-0 and the Cowboys are 4-1. If I were to place a monetary bet on this game, I wouldn't. I can't. This game is too close to call because I would have to go with my heart and I just can't do that. Of course, I'm taking the Cowboys to win for the mentions of Cooper Rush because of the mentions of the Dallas defense. But the Eagles, they're the real deal, man. They are the real deal. They got Jalen Hurts back there just doing exceptional things. Devontae Smith is kind of hit or miss, but A.J. Brown has been pretty consistent. They have it all over there in Philadelphia. And as a Cowboys fan, this is the game that I want to see just to see how good my team is. So I'm looking forward to this one. And those are the three best NFL games, in my opinion, for Sunday. 10 a.m., the Ravens at Giants. 125, the Bills at the Chiefs. 520 p.m., the Cowboys at the Eagles. And not to mention, ladies and gentlemen, the over-under for this Cowboys-Eagles game is 42 and a half. So Vegas thinks it's going to be a slow, low-scoring game. And I actually disagree. I think it's going to be an NFC East shootout. Now, the last segment of the show is always the scumbag of the night because the scumbag of the night is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness. Mine is Devontae Adams. Um, the asshole, you know, he lost a game. You're a professional. You're getting paid millions of dollars. And there's a regular person with the camera trying to film you, trying to take photos of you. And you just push him out of the way. You knock him on his ass. Why do you have to do that, Devontae? Why do you have to do that? It turns out that the cameraman is trying to press charges against Devontae Adams. Um, Devontae, man, you're getting paid millions of dollars. If you lose, you lose. Just take the L. Don't go pushing around regular people like us. It's not right. And I'm glad you apologize. But, you know, we'll see what happens with this case. So that was the 165th episode. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week.